0: Think you hate marketing? Think again. I'm Kelly, and welcome to the Marketing Chat Podcast, where I help you get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. I am really excited about today's guest because we are going to be talking about networking and using LinkedIn. Two things I used to be terrible at. Okay, I'm still not great at LinkedIn, but I'm getting better. So I can't wait to hear what my guest has to say my guest is scott aaron an internationally acclaimed and award-winning online marketer three times best-selling author a top podcaster and a speaker he is the go-to specialist when it comes to converting traffic establishing connections generating leads creating sales and building personal brands all using linkedin welcome scott i am so happy to have you here today
1: well, Kelly, it is an honor and a privilege, and super excited to be talking to you today.
0: Well, thanks so much. You are just a force of nature in the marketing arena, I tell you. How did you get your start?
1: Well, it, it was you know one of those stories where things happen by accident, but uh, really on purpose. I've always been an entrepreneur, so I've been in the arena in some way, shape or form, coaching, consulting, marketing, all that stuff for the last 25 years. I started when I was 18, you know, in a, in a pretty unorthodox way, I come from a a long line of entrepreneurs. I've never had a, I've never worked for anyone. I've only worked for myself. So I've been psychologically unemployable since day one. And my, my father still to this day, he'll be 70 in December is a huge fitness buff has worked out his entire life. And, you know, one of his his dreams was to, to own a gym. And with some, I would say, pretty pretty tumultuous times in my family's life led him to being able to open up his first gym. And my father ended up working for a gentleman in the physical rehabilitation field that brought my father into the company, but also brought him into a $9.5 million insurance fraud scam, which my father got caught up in. And long story short, when all was said and done, my father had to spend two and a half years in federal prison. Now, in between his sentencing and actually going away, this was the opportunity that was given to him to take over and purchase his first gym which was a failing fitness club in downtown philadelphia but unbeknownst to me that was going to be turned over to me after my freshman year of college which it was my father goes away he says listen it's it's yours you got to you got to step in you got to run this business so the company was sold to me for a dollar and i became president and ceo of our family's gym and it happened at, at the perfect time in my life. I, I was needing structure when when I, I'm a very social person. And I was at the University of Pittsburgh about four and a half hours away from where I grew up in Philadelphia. And I had a lot of my high school friends a, at college with me. And you know how that goes when you're left to your own devices, you know, school becomes secondary and hanging out becomes primary.
0: Yeah. And I was
1: definitely doing more hanging out than actually studying. So it was actually good because it allowed me to refocus on my academics as well. So I did end up graduating with a a degree in HR from Temple University in five years. So I was going to school full-time, working full-time, running the company. We grew one gym into into two gyms and then ended up selling them both in 2003 for a million dollars. So at 24, I became a millionaire. A year later, we opened up our third and final gym and... About five years after opening that in 2009, 2010, I found myself in $1.5 million of liability debt. Mm-hmm. So I, I I went through the full gamut and the full spectrum of, of owning a business. And as far as the marketing aspect, you know, I did a lot of the old school marketing tactics. Yes. You know, when we opened our first gym, it was 1998. So this was pre-internet. This was yeah. pre, pre-social media. So yeah. we did... The traditional uh, mailers. Most,
0: most places didn't even have websites at
1: that point. I mean, if you yeah. had a website, you were like, you know, way ahead of the game. Yeah. Uh, and and people remember- didn't even know.
0: You remember the Super Bowl ads like pets.com? Yep. I forget what year. Was that like 2000, you know, and people just didn't know what to do about it. Like, how do you even get on the internet?
1: And, and that's the thing. We, you know, we were a mom and pop shop. We were a, a local business in the heart of Philadelphia, you know, walking traffic. So we did the traditional marketing that you do. So we did postcard mailers. Mm -hmm. Uh, We stuffed doors and mailboxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I also, you know, it was, we had a lot of foot traffic. So occasionally, at least once a week, I would take one of the bar stools from the smoothie bar and I would sit out front and I would hand out flyers about the gym and the prices. And, you know, I'll never forget, you know, I it was fairly early on after my father came back from prison. I I said, dad, let's do what, let's do like a one day sale. You know, it was the summertime. Summer is typically slow for gyms just because everyone's away. I said, let's do $99 for three months. And he said, okay. So I went on to Microsoft word. I made some flyers, printed them out and sat outside. And I sold 30 memberships that day. And yeah, so, so the, the marketing aspect has always been in me, you know. I, I always knew that you you have to promote yourself. You can't wait for people to come to you. You have yeah. to, you know, start to build relationships. And and obviously, you know, through the ups and downs of owning a business, I learned a different way to market yourself. I joined BNI. I was a chapter president for two years. So you know, marketing, you know, my gym and my personal training business through the means of belly to belly conversation. And then 2013 is when I really got into the online space when I was pivoting. From doing a lot of in-person personal training to more online wellness coaching. And that's when I started to learn the online marketing aspect of things. And it was it was fairly easy for me because you know I had been using social media for four years, not for you know marketing and branding from a business aspect, but for personal use. So I understood yeah. the concept. Yeah. And, and that's it what- sounds
0: like you had been doing like the hard stuff. The things that people really hesitate to do, because like you just said, attracting people to you versus building relationships. And when most people today think of marketing, they're thinking attraction marketing, Mm -hmm. you know, creating content that attracts people to you. And what you were doing then was really building those relationships and, and, and telling people what you were about, what the, what the gym was about and bringing people in.
1: Yeah, I mean relationship marketing is one of the the greatest business tools that we all have. You know, you it's fine if you are focused on attraction marketing, but you know, the second step of attraction marketing is the relationship marketing marketing. Now you've attracted someone to what you're doing. Now you have to build that relationship. You have to talk to those people, you have to nurture those individuals. And you know, that's what kind of led me to to leaning more on the LinkedIn side of things for social media prowess and use instead of Facebook and Instagram, because I was looking for things outside of the personal connections and relationships. Mm -hmm. I I wanted to go outside of my warm market. I wanted to talk to business professionals. I wanted to talk to people that were, you know, entrepreneurs like me and I kind of fumbled along and, and stumbled upon LinkedIn and I opened an account in 2009, but didn't do anything with it for four years and when I went on there, I, I realized this, this wasn't monster.com. This wasn't a place to, to get a job or you know, where recruiters hang out. It's it's where people connect, it's where they build relationships, it's it's where business is passed back and forth, it's where networking is is going on. And that was in my blood. I love networking, I love connecting and talking with people. So I, I started utilizing it, searching, connecting, messaging. And within about three or four weeks, my calendar was full of appointments. Oh. And I reached out to a couple of buddies of mine and I'm like, listen, I'm like, you got to get on LinkedIn. You got to do X, Y, and Z. And one in particular ended up texting me about two weeks later and he, he texted me and he said, call me. So I, I called him and I said, what's up? And he goes, listen, he goes, I don't know what you figured out, but it really works. He goes, I have 14 appointments booked this week and I never have had that many calls booked in a week before. He goes, you should be teaching this. I'm like, what do you mean teach this? He says, you have a system here. You, you created a, a flow that people would pay money for. You know, everyone is in search of leads. They're, they're in search of, of conversations to have opportunities to grow their business. People will pay good money to learn the strategy that's working for you and now working for me. And it was kind of like one of those light bulb moments. I had been writing programs for years, but they were more nutrition and personal training. And I just had to rewire the process and create a structure and a system around what I was doing to build my business, not my body. And so it, it was still, it was there. I just had to change the framework of it. So at the right around the same time of having this conversation with my friend, I had made a guest appearance on my business coach's podcast. And I was talking about how LinkedIn was working for me and all the results I was getting. And when I got off that call, it was a podcast slash um, it was back in the day when people used to use 1-800-CONFERENCE-CALL.COM where yes. people would, they would dial in on their phones and listen. I, in. When I got off that that call, I went on the, to Facebook and I had nine inboxes waiting uh, of people said, you know, how do I hire you? How, how how can I, you know, work with you? Can I pay you? And I'm like, pay me. And they they wanted to pay for my time to have me teach them what was working for me on LinkedIn for their business. So I realized at that moment that I had created something. I, I have a mm-hmm. system. And when, when there is a, a common problem that a lot of people are having, you and you provide a solution for that problem, you can start serving and helping a lot of people. Yeah. And I started doing it in the pockets of my free time towards the end of 2013, early 2014, and really got serious with it around 2017. And then my wife and I kind of joined forces with it and launched our company. And it's been just this amazing, crazy, incredible, incredible ride of of serving and helping thousands of people, you know, but also creating a life that we love. We work three days a week, you know, we go on vacation as, as often as we can. You know, we we have dinner together every single night because we don't do anything past, you know, five, five thirty. We don't do anything before 10 o'clock in the morning. So we have our whole mornings to ourselves and we want to teach other people how to do the same thing. You know, creating a business that they love, a lean business Mm -hmm. where they have more flexibility to spend the majority of their time living and not working. And, And that's what we're doing today.
0: That's awesome. And yeah, that's why entrepreneurs get in business. You know, that's why we get into business for ourselves, because we want more time to have the freedom to do those things that we want to do. So when you mentioned earlier, you know, you ended up focusing your time on LinkedIn instead of Facebook, Twitter, you know, Instagram, all that. So I think that a lot of people and and I fell into this this group early on as well. You know, we get confused between or we we confuse LinkedIn with those other platforms. It's like, you know, when you're used to Facebook, you come onto LinkedIn, it's like, okay, I'm just going to post something. And and then sit back and and do nothing. Yeah. With it. So that's not what LinkedIn is for, is it?
1: No, you know, LinkedIn is a global networking event every single time you log on. So what people need to realize is LinkedIn A is a giant search engine. So yeah. when Mike, when Microsoft bought them out about eight years ago, they embedded the same type of SEO or search engine optimization that a typical search engine would have like Google, Yahoo, or Bing. And they started utilizing that within LinkedIn. That's why there's a, a big search bar at the top where you can search for people you can search for companies you can search for content they want you to search so the other thing that people need to understand outside of it being a search engine is that it's a lead generation source it's it's beyond valuable for anyone's business that requires leads in order to grow them mm-hmm. you know the the fact is is that facebook and instagram are social platforms mm-hmm. that's where people are hanging out and you know, when I try to describe I, I try to paint a picture for people. So, you know, Facebook is the barbecue of social media. That's where people go to hang out. That's where people share marriages, anniversaries, births, deaths, engagements, pregnancies, graduations, all the it's all about sharing life events. That's that's yeah. what it's about: vacations, your food, yeah. your pets, Instagram is the Bravo TV of social media. It's a reality TV show. So what people need to understand, it's completely scripted. It's not real. It is literally, it's not real life. It's, if you think about what a reality TV show is, it's, yes, it's, it's reality and it's TV, but there's a script that people are following. You know, if you look at all these shows compared to what you're seeing on Instagram, I mean, again, you never see people without a filter. Everyone has flawless skin. Everyone is to the nines. Everyone is always happy. But I think the, the, the biggest reason why I know it's not real is if you've ever seen someone post a picture, a selfie of them crying, you know it's not real. Now, how you can tell it's not real is if you look at that from a psychological standpoint and an emotional standpoint, if you are having some sort of personal breakdown where you got to release that by shedding some tears, as a human being, the last thing that you're thinking about is grabbing your phone, taking a selfie and throwing it up on Instagram. You're, 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 that's the last thought in your that's mind. True. That's true. So if someone is saying, all right, I got a good cry coming. Let me get my phone out. Let me take a selfie. This will make a great post. You know that they're not doing it for genuine purposes. They're doing it for disingenuine purposes. So yes, you'll find me on Facebook. Yes, you'll find me on Instagram, but I'm using it the right way. I share my life on Facebook. I entertain and have positive and motivational things out on Instagram and then linkedin is my business networking tool it's where my collaborations take place it's where i connect with potential clients it's where i educate and inform my audience mm. on certain things that they need to de- need to know around my zone of genius because you want to use linkedin in a way where you are positioning yourself as the go-to person within your space. You want people. I got booked for a speaking gig in September by a company to be their third quarter keynote at their company event based on the HR director following me on, on LinkedIn and looking at all the content that I was consistently posting for years and years. And she finally reached out and said, Hey, you know, if we pay you to come down here and speak, would you do that? And I said, absolutely. So you have to understand LinkedIn is your way to advertise your business without selling or pitching. It's all about educating and informing people. And once people understand the difference between those three platforms... And you start using it for what it's best used for and not just being lazy and just posting the same thing from Facebook and Instagram on LinkedIn, getting no traction. There's a reason why it's not resonating. LinkedIn doesn't want to promote an Instagram or Facebook type post. They want to give visibility to LinkedIn content that's all built around education, information, and leaving people better so they can apply to their businesses and get results.
0: That makes sense. That is such a good explanation. Honestly, I haven't heard it explained that way before. All I've heard is go, you know, pick one platform to be on, or, you know, at least start on one platform and pick it based on where your audience is. And really, and, and I can understand, you know, maybe some people's audience isn't on LinkedIn. You know, I could imagine a few types of businesses where maybe they're not going to find their clients on LinkedIn. Right. But otherwise, okay, pick like Instagram or Facebook or maybe TikTok. But I think a lot of businesses should also be on LinkedIn for establishing themselves as authorities in their field, for generating leads, for doing that networking. And that should be, in a lot of cases, a given, not an option. Am I right about that?
1: Absolutely. It's one of those things where if your ideal client is, you know, in the business world. So if you're a photographer, so, you know, as an example, and you do weddings and bar mitzvahs and that kind of stuff and family portraits, you know, your demographic is probably going to be on Facebook and Instagram.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: But if you're a business photographer that does corporate headshots and business headshots, your ideal client is going to be on LinkedIn. So you're going to want to leverage that. Now, if you have a product or a good to sell, say, health and wellness related. That's going to be more of Instagram and Facebook because that's where more product consumption is you know, going on. Now, if you're a health and wellness professional mm-hmm. that trains corporate professionals, helping them get in shape because they, they're too busy in the nine to five and they need some workout routines, again, you're going to want to use LinkedIn. So you really have to sit down and ask yourself, where is my ideal client most likely to be hanging out? Now, yeah. in that respect, in that respect, even if your ideal client maybe is a better fit on Facebook and Instagram, it doesn't mean you should neglect LinkedIn because, again, there are people that are more on the personal side of things that don't like Facebook and Instagram and they want to yeah. be networking more on a professional. Platform like LinkedIn, so you could have some carryover from client acquisition showing up on LinkedIn, providing value-added information. You know, showcasing client experience, showcasing your skill set, showcasing your expertise. Where again, someone might see it and say, "You know what? Um, I mean, I'm not using Facebook anymore, but I do need a family portrait. Let me reach out to this person since they're posting mm-hmm. that quality content." So people do need to understand that as well.
0: And there are a bunch of people who have left Facebook completely over the past few years because of all the things that Facebook has done, you know, and and there are people who just find Facebook out of integrity and, you know, with all their privacy issues and are like, nope, leaving, not coming back. You can find me on LinkedIn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, again, it's, you just have to pay attention to what the platform was created for. Facebook was not really created for business. That's why they created Facebook business pages. So now you have to pay money to have people to see your stuff. You know, Instagram, I think Instagram in all honesty is probably the worst of all the platforms just because I believe that outside of the constant self-promotion, I do feel that people will do, you know, degrading things just for likes and comments and shares and views. And I think it's a sense, either a lack of confidence Mm. or it's some sort of need to feel seen or heard or appreciated. And that's more on the the inner work that needs to be done, not Mm -hmm. the vanity outward work Mm -hmm. that you see people doing on there. Mm -hmm. And again, that's also why I love LinkedIn so much is because it's a safe place. It's a professional place. LinkedIn is constantly in the corner of the user, not Mm -hmm. in the corner of how can we get more money out of people. And that's what you see a lot on all the other social media platforms is it just becomes a casino and the house always wins. LinkedIn is in our favor. They want to make it more user friendly. They -hmm. want more business professionals on there. They want people to get business. They want people to use the platform and Mm -hmm. make and create successful monetary acquisitions from the time that they're spending on there.
0: Wow. Oh, that's really good to hear. Yeah. So, what are some of the biggest mistakes that that people are making on LinkedIn?
1: Well, I would say two in specific. One I I previously mentioned that people are just repurposing the wrong content thinking that LinkedIn is just like any other social media platform. So, People are downloading their reels from Instagram, they're downloading their TikToks, and then they're posting them up onto LinkedIn. So you're seeing Mm -hmm. a lot of that, you know, the garbage type of posts or the clickbait type of posts on there. And uh, again, you have to think about, and and this is something that I always go back to, is I always ask myself, how would the world-class version of myself want to show up?
0: Yeah.
1: So would the world-class version of myself want to show up reposting a TikTok that has nothing to do with my business just for likes and comments and and shares and views? No, that's not what the world-class version of myself would do. So you really have to think about the passenger side perspective on everything that you do. And the passenger side perspective is that person on the other side of the screen, because Mm -hmm. your reputation is everything, your credibility is, is everything. Your first impression is everything. And if any of those are tarnished with A, the content that you shouldn't be putting out there, B, the way that you're using the platform, it's going to be a really challenging thing for you to utilize LinkedIn and actually get the kind of results that you want from it. The second thing that people are traditionally doing wrong is they're doing this spray and pray methodology, which means they're just connecting, messaging, selling, and pitching anyone with a pulse, you know, hoping the, the more people I reach out to and sell to and drop my link and my product information, they're going to buy. That That is probably the biggest issue that's going on with LinkedIn right now. People um, hate that. No, I mean- and, and here's the funny thing, the people that are doing it don't like it when someone does it to them, but why right. are they doing it to other people? Because again, if, wow. if you, if you look at the, the foundation of, of business, no one likes to be sold and pitched to. Yeah. So think about when you walk into a department store, right? You know, someone comes up to you, you know, Hey Kelly, can I help you You know, find anything today? no i'm good well if you need any assistance i'm here let me know and i can help you find something they're not trying to sell and pitch they're just letting you know they're there if that person starts following you around you want this you want that what are you going to do you're going to turn around and you're going to leave that you're going to leave that 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 establishment yes the same thing goes on linkedin if you are just trying to sell and pitch someone and not build the relationship first you're not going to succeed at all people ask me all the time How have you guys created multiple seven figures in your business in the last four and a half years? Because we've doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on the relationships that we're building. Someone just hired me yesterday that I had never spoken to before, but she reached out to me and she said, hey, would love to get on a call with you and I want to learn about your consulting my business partner has worked with you. I've seen multiple trainings of yours. And it's time for me to start leveraging LinkedIn the right way. Can we talk today? We got mm-hmm. on a call. We had a great 10-minute conversation. And she's like, here's my credit card. When, do, when can we get started? And But that relationship had been building externally for almost a year.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At March of 2021 is when she first heard about me. And it's yeah. now, at the time of this recording, August of 2022. So a year yeah. and a half later, the person was ready to then step forward. So people need to understand that you must have the farmer mentality. Mm-hmm. And that is the more seeds that you plant, the greater of a harvest you will reap. If you take the hunter mentality, yeah. the antelope are just going to keep running away and you're not going to catch anything. So yeah. you have to understand you got to double, triple, quadruple down on the relationship and nurturing side of connecting instead of just selling and pitching people.
0: That's perfect. That makes so much sense. And so one thing, when you said like the way you show up on LinkedIn, I'm getting this image of like, depending on what your goal on LinkedIn is, you need to show up either as if you are going into an interview or as if you are conducting the interview. Does that sound right? You know yeah. so if you are setting yourself to be like an authority in your field, then you're not going in as if you are in an interview, you know, like or or applying for a job. You're going in, you know, setting yourself like I know my stuff. Like you said earlier, you could ask me to do a keynote, give a talk at at something, or hire me, like work with me. So the way you show up on LinkedIn needs to be. The way you want to be perceived by other people, and like you said, it's not sharing TikTok videos as if you are at a barbecue on Facebook.
1: Yeah, it's it's almost like if, if someone wants to be uh, open a a, a Michelin rated restaurant, you know, yeah. top tier restaurant, they're gonna go to you know the top tier cooking school to learn yeah. uh, what needs to be done to create that. So. When, when you are an educator and an information provider on LinkedIn, you have to put yourself into the mindset that all of your connections have paid top dollar to learn exactly what it is that they need to do, and they're going to learn it from you. So when you show up, you know they're sitting in those seats. They're taking notes. They want to learn how to create and duplicate what you've done. That's why they've paid good money and you know to me the monetary exchange is someone's time so the most valuable commodity we have is the time that we give people without asking for anything back in return yeah and on the flip side of that when someone gives me their time when someone is willing to jump on my linkedin live and sit and spend 20 to 25 minutes with me virtually to learn from me that is everything that means the world to me because that shows that they really want to learn what it is that needs to be done. So you really need to position yourself as the educator, as the information provider, as the expert in your space. They are coming to learn from you and you got to deliver. So I don't, I'm not fluff at all. And there's a lot of people out there that just kind of skim the surface of what needs to be done, right? I go deep. I tell people exactly what it is they need to do, because at the end of the day, I want people to get results, whether they work with me or not. But again, they're going to remember that they're going to remember all the value that I gave them. And when the time comes, whenever it is, could be six weeks, six months, six years from now, they're going to remember the value that I gave them without asking anything back in return. And that's going to be the, that tipping point moment where they're going to say, you know what, Scott? I've been following you for a while. I love all your free information. I want to find out how I can work with you. Now, on the other side of that, when you are connecting with people and you're on a a phone call with someone or a Zoom, there's an an old saying that goes, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason.
0: Yeah.
1: So you have to be a good listener. You have to ask questions and you got to listen. You have to create meaningful connection. So outside of the education and information, when you are talking to someone, when you are networking with people, you want them, you want them to feel connected to you. And my my wife always talks about this book that she read that basically said, if you can get someone to talk about themselves for 20 minutes, they will fall in love with you. So (laughs) so you, you have to think about how can I get this person to talk to me as much about themselves as possible so it lowers the wall of resistance and it raises the level of connection. When you have those two mindsets, when you're providing content and when you're networking with people, you'll be unstoppable.
0: Yeah, that makes so much sense. So I'm going to ask you to make some suggestions about like best practices on LinkedIn. But first, I want to ask So, like this one thing that that came to mind that I've seen a few people do with me when we first become connections, they'll reach out and message me, hey, great to connect here. And they may ask a question, but then they'll say, you know, let me know how I can help you. And so, is it too late? Like, I've got whatever, you know, thousands of connections. I never did that. I don't know most of these people. Is it too late to reach
1: out? No, I mean it's never it's never too late, and I do this all the time. You know, I have close to twenty nine thousand connections on LinkedIn, and i I I don't have time to, you know, message twenty nine thousand (laughs) people in one day. So I pace it out, and it would be a simple message: is you know, hey Kelly, I know we've been connected for a while, but we haven't reached out to one another. Would love to hear more about you and your business share more about me and mine and how we can support one another here on LinkedIn anytime for a call or a zoom this or next week. And it's as simple as that. It's just extending that olive branch. There's no, there's no sales pitch involved. There's, there's no click here. It's basically, you know, creating a bridge between you and that person, you know, here's my reason for reaching out. Here's why I want to connect. I want to learn how we can support one another and are you interested in talking? And then you just go on to the next person. And you know what, whether it's no response, a yes or a no, it's all gravy to me because again, mm-hmm. it's it's a numbers game. You know, you have to extract the right people. And the only way to extract the right connections from your network is to message them and to find out who's open to connecting. You can't assume yeah. that someone's gonna reach out to you. Just as you said, those connections have been sitting there for years. Because again, someone has to take that first step. Someone has to extend the olive branch in order to obviously have that person step towards you. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Absolutely. All
0: right. So a few tips for people to make the best use of LinkedIn.
1: So I would say there's four specific things. And and the first thing is to, to properly optimize your profile. Going back to something I said before about the SEO, the search engine optimization is based on the keywords that are being used in your profile. So you always want to position yourself as what would my ideal client be searching for in the search engine? So if they're going to go in the search engine, what are they going to type in the search bar? They're not going to type in, you know, female business coach 30 to 35 that helps people do this that or the other. They're not, they're not going to type that in.
0: Yeah. They
1: they may type in female business coach or business coach or coach or mentor or whatever it is. So you have to think about all of those keywords that someone would be searching for and how you can appear in that search. So when you appear in that search, they will click on your profile, visit it. And the, obviously the the connecting starts that way. You do need to have every section filled out Mm -hmm. uh, your about me section, your experience section, your volunteer experience, your licenses and certifications awards that you've won, but also making sure that you have, as many written recommendations as possible. And these are your testimonials. So these are people that you've requested this information from, they've taken time and they've written it themselves. And I've accrued over 500 written recommendations in the time that I've been spending on LinkedIn because I want my credibility spoken through the words of the clients that I've worked with. I want their results to speak for me so I don't have to convince people that I know what I'm doing. I let the 500 people do that for me. So if you want to stand out, if you want to be taken seriously, if you want to be an expert in your space, you got to start working with more people. you got to start asking for recommendations and those testimonials so you can let that credibility shine. The second thing is building an ideal network. And what I mean by ideal, there's two types of connections that you want. You want ideal clients, and you want power partners. So mm. you should be searching and connecting for people that either A, benefit from your product, your good and your service, or B, you could do collaborations with, much like mm. what you and I are doing right now. So podcaster to podcaster, how can we support each other? We can do a podcast swap, which you've, you've been a guest on my podcast and now I'm here on yours. So you want to look for those collaborators because that is a, a free and organic way For those two parties to introduce each other to their respective networks, which means the no, like, and trust is going to be automatically formed because my network trusts me in every person I introduce them to because I wouldn't have them on my podcast if I didn't trust that individual myself. Yeah. From the ideal client standpoint, again, it's thinking about who I best serve with my product, good, and service from a professional and industry standpoint. So, are they a small business owner? Are they a business coach? Are they an entrepreneur? Are they a healthcare practitioner? Whatever it is, you search and connect for those individuals. So once you have your network starting to be building around those two concepts, then we go to the messaging, which I clarified a little bit earlier. When you're reaching out to people, it needs to be done in a relaxed fashion. There's no dear Kelly comma space indent next paragraph. How are you today? How is business treating you? You know, You're not allowed to use any automated tools that message and connect for you. That can get you kicked off and blocked for LinkedIn permanently. And a lot of those automated messages look like that. So if you're writing your message, just like an automated message would be, you're not going to get a high response rate at all. So you do want to have things more relaxed. You know, Hi, Kelly. It's so great to be connected to you. And then again, you want to bridge the gap. You want to let the people know why you're reaching out. I noticed that you had a podcast, as do I. I would love to hear about yours, share more about mine, and how we can support one another here on LinkedIn. Now, you want to create the bridging of that gap, but also you want to use that word support because there were scientific Mm -hmm. studies done that measured the, the type of response from a chemical standpoint someone has. So it's more about word association. So they did studies having people read certain words and then measuring chemical releases from someone's brain, whether it's certain words lead them to releasing more cortisol, which is our stress hormone or dopamine or endorphins. What they found when people use the word support, it actually triggers their brain to release um a chemical called oxytocin this is our yeah. feel good brain chemical it's our it's the 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 happy you know butterflies in our belly type of feeling so yeah. now that person is feeling good as they're reading this message and then the third and final aspect of that is making sure that you finish with a call to action or a cta you know questions lead to answers statements lead to nowhere so i always tell people you have to ask to G-E-T. You have to ask in order to get. So yeah. if, I, if I was to finish that message with, let me know when is good for you, they're not going to yeah. let me know because I haven't asked. But if I s- simply just say, do you have any time this week or next week for a phone call or a Zoom, I've asked a very clear question, which is going to provide me a very clear response. And the fourth and final thing is providing relevant, educational, and informative content. And it only has to be done three days a week. It's not like Facebook and Instagram where it's six times an hour, or six times a day. It's literally just three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion always is to do a video on Mondays, 60 to to 120 seconds. So a minute to two minutes in length where you're giving a helpful business tip that's related to your ideal client. So you're leaving them better. And you can do that right from your phone. Wednesday, you want to do a market research poll to find out you know, what are the pain points that your audience is having? So it can be a simple question like, you know, what's the main reason why you haven't started a podcast? You know, Mm -hmm. number one, don't know what I should call it. Number two, not sure how to do it. Number three, do I even need it? So now you're getting some research from your network about something that you can help fill that void. So when you do this LinkedIn poll, it's giving you the ammunition now to create a long form post on Friday that speaks directly to the poll that you created two days prior, which could be three reasons why you every business should have their podcast. Right. And, it's, and it's just giving three simple bullet points. So now you're filling that gap in that hole. So now you're seen as an information provider, but a solution provider as well. So yeah. you're not having to make things up out of thin air. You're talking about things that you already know what you need to speak about. So yeah. you can optimize your profile you can build your ideal client network, you can message people organically and genuinely, and you provide that educational and informational content that's going to bring bring people closer to you instead of pushing them further away, you'll have wonderful success on LinkedIn.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you so much. That is just excellent. Four steps that are simple, Will take time, but are strategic and, yes, sound really results-driven.
1: Thank you so much, Scott. You're welcome. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So tell us about your podcast, please. Yeah, so my podcast is called Networking and Marketing Made Simple. I've had it for almost four years. We're well over 400 episodes now. And I do two episodes a week. Mondays, I do a tip episode. It's about eight to 12 minutes. And it's something related to LinkedIn and what you can do practical application-wise to move your business forward. And Thursdays is always an interview episode with another entrepreneur sharing their journey. You can find out about my podcast and my books and everything else I have going on. Uh, My website, scotteron.net, has all that information.
0: Awesome. And will you tell us about your books real quick?
1: Yeah. So I have a brand new book that came out at the end of August. It's called The LinkedIn Book for Sales and Marketing. It's actually a follow-up to my original first bestseller, my first LinkedIn book back in 2018. And the new book is basically all sales and marketing information about how one, depending upon the business that you're in, should be leveraging LinkedIn. There's case studies. There's client result chapters. There's a, a chapter on all the new features of LinkedIn that have come out in the last four years since the first book, you know, hit the bookshelves and I'm very proud of it. And you can find that on Amazon and it's called the LinkedIn book for sales and marketing.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much that I will have the link to your website in the show notes. And on this episode's page of my website, y'all be sure to check Scott out and consider working with him. Scott is fabulous. As you can tell. So thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, thank you, Kelly. I appreciate you and the opportunity to be here with your audience today.
0: Absolutely. And thank you all for being here today. I would love it if you would leave a positive rating and review. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone. I'll be back in a few days. So see you next time on the Marketing Chat Podcast.